The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest is Robert Shine, CIO at Blanky Shine Wealth Management. Well, nothing goes up forever, and so in this instance, I'm referring to inflation, We often uh, say, Robert, that the cure to higher prices is higher prices. Not sure if we're anywhere near it yet, but that's what everyone is trying to figure out. You're not going to get the all clear from the Fed uh, probably anytime soon. That's just sort of baked into they made a mistake last year on transitory, so they got to kill it this time. Are you seeing any signs that inflation is rolling over? Well, thank you for having me again. And you're right. Um, the cure for higher prices are higher prices. And we're seeing some of that demand destruction is at least what the Fed is hoping for as a, re- as a result of uh, raising interest rates. But I think the challenge could be, and we can get this economic data this week, which is bigger, one of the biggest weeks we've seen in quite some time with the economic data as well as all of the earnings reports. But to answer your question, it really comes down to is it entrenched and broadening in the balance sheets by way of wages? So is that wage inflation, is it consistent? Is it persisting? Because it's one thing to have, you know, wage inflation in there. It's, it's another thing to take it away. Uh, so we're going to also pay attention to the jobs market as well. But I think the mm-hmm. key right there is the concern for the Fed is uh, on the balance sheets of corporate America. Is it the wages uh, and that inflation within? The other key is what they flag ahead after this week's meeting too, Robert. So if we have 75 basis points kind of baked in, is it likely that we see smaller hikes forecast moving forward? Yeah, we believe uh, we're going to see 75 this week. And keep in mind the next day after their announcement with the Fed, uh, we have the GDP report for the second quarter. So it's going to be very telling and revealing. And then in August, the Fed is off. Uh, in September, they have some time between now and next meeting uh, to sort of digest and see if what they're doing is actually playing out. Uh, we also have energy, as you know, traded down this week. Uh, that's helping uh, basically um, balance sheets for individuals as well as uh, corporations. But we believe we could see the the reversal in that trade and energy trading higher as a result of sort of all the geopolitical tensions and policies here. So we, we like energy going forward, um, and this is an opportunity to add energy uh, as a result of that. Yeah, I like your first answer. I think it was uh, well thought out and nuanced about uh, whether or not some inflation just gets baked in through higher wages. Uh, that could be troublesome. Um, you know. But if you look out, say, a year, do we still have an inflation problem? 
well, what's going to, I think what the Fed is hoping for, and I think we're already seeing this, let's say, in pockets of tech, is where they're turning over in terms of hiring freezes or just quite laying off. Um, and that's going to be ultimately long-term a cyclical cure, right? Sort of the recessionary uh, shot across the bow for corporate America is when they stop hiring. And then we're going to see the job market, the labor market, sort of equalize. And so that equilibrium, much like we see the Fed going after real estate here in the United States. Uh, you know, they targeted the stock and bond market six months ago. We saw the, the, the froth come out of the, the cryptocurrency between that time. And now real estate is coming to a grinding halt. Uh, simply because the affordability is down by over 30%. Mortgage, uh, mortgages have just basically stopped right now um, for the people that I'm talking in the mortgage markets. So that's going to be another negative down uh, sort of component to the U.S. economy that could all then bake into uh, the Fed's sort of case of trying to stay ahead of inflation, which is a, a, a recession. Now the question is, is it a mild recession or is it a deep recession or will it be a double dip recession in the future, depending upon you know, how, how they'll stick this landing. But this week's going to tell us a lot. And is your view very quickly that it is deep or shallow? I think this could spiral into a deeper dive later on, depending upon uh, what the Fed does. You know, they're going to go until they break something. And their question is, is it geopolitical? Is it something we're not seeing on our radar? You know, there's also the Eurozone uh, stress that we're seeing in bond yields. on the, And then the strength of the dollar is also concerning. So there's a lot of things yeah. on the dashboard to pay attention to. So you're saying amidst these depressed levels that we're seeing in markets, it's good to diversify, which is always a good point. Where exactly are you looking away from U.S. markets? Well, in the, um, you know, value over growth, um, you know, it's the risk off trade that we're seeing globally, um, you know, and, and we like, you know, the healthcare sector uh, as well as energy. We believe energy will see a resurgence of higher energy prices as well. So, um we're looking, yeah, for the value trade, dividends, strong balance sheets, well-run companies take advantage of uh, sort of markets a little bit more defensive, uh, as we are seeing that this market is is, is uh, sort of the risk-off trade all over. We always seem to come around to China. We've got these um, mortgage boycott boycott issues that are spreading there, and it's it's a little bit of a of a, a vicious um, circle there in China where. You know, homeowners are getting put off uh, by by what's happening with, um, you know, the boycotts and, and with the developers uh, being in, in monetary uh, difficulty. And um, that dries up some of the money that those uh, property companies need. Uh, are you net-net, are you positive on China or negative on China, given its position at the moment? Just cautious right now. I, I, I think right now, especially the story you just point out, is um, – it's growing every day, the Evergrande scenario with uh, the mortgages. And um, that could turn into something bigger. Uh, so we're going to be cautious. We're going we're gonna to also pay attention to the dollar. You know, the FX trade is, is you know, with the U.S. dollar being strong, um, you know, emerging markets and a few others, it, it could be a wrecking ball if it continues with its strength. Obviously, the dollar was, um, you know, sort of sold off a little bit, uh, a little pullback this week. Um, but I think we could see dollar strength uh, between now and year-end, as well as energy. So that could be uh, havoc on global markets all over. And that could, you know, add some more concern. Uh, Stress-wise, if we go to Europe, uh, if, you know, we just had the ECB raise interest rates, but at the same time, they have to do cautiously, as cautious as they can, because they have Italy uh, to worry about. So we're going to pay attention to Italy's bond yields um, if there's pressure there. Um, and, you know, the, the strong dollar and 
just interstate policy around the world. You know, I, I think all of the central banks are willing to accept recession as the base case, uh, whether mild or great, versus the inflation that's out of hand everywhere. You talk about Europe and uh, everyone is sort of saying Europe is anyone's guess. It doesn't seem great, the outlook there. Why do you still want to own a basket of European equities? Uh, Long term, uh, you could pick up some really good valuations here. um, But Europe is still in, uh, you know, Europe is is showing signs of recession. Uh, You know, they're there first. We're we're following. Uh, So we don't know. Are we going to see global central banks and monetary policy pause or pivot and the only way we're going to find that out is, um, you know, to see the inflation moderate. Uh, in the meantime, once we have that pause or pivot, whether by central banks around the world, then, you know, you can see that risk trade back on. And so in the meantime, mm-hmm. we don't ever know when that's going to happen. But again, for our clients, what we're doing is we're just basically maintaining a dollar cost average strategy. Uh, because if you're taking a longer term view, we're all going to look back, you know, uh, you know, six, 12, nine months, you know, even you know, a couple of years from now and say, wow, that would have been a good opportunity. So it's hard to do that when everything's uh, sliding, uh, but yeah. it's also providing an opportunity uh, longer term. So we, we like uh, you know opportunities like that. Yeah, we, we got it. Um, I wanted to ask you kind of a labor versus capital story. We ran a story over the weekend. Workers globally are turning much more assertive in asking for a better deal. Is this going to be a tough time ahead for companies? Yeah, you're going to see a bifurcation of basically the, the worker. You know, companies uh, need, and we see this all the way through cycles of uh, economic cycles, where companies are, are after that war on talent, and there is the bifurcation of those who are, are really that valued employee, somebody that you need uh, to run your business, you know, and, and then those that are kind of just better offering you every week because uh, they yeah. want to stick around and see what they can do. <laughs> Robert, we thank you so much. Robert Shine is CIO at Blanky Shine Wealth Management with us on Daybreak Asia. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.